Hello and welcome to Pandemic Parenting Sucks Season 2, Episode 7. And this episode, I'm going to talk about my doctor's appointment and how we as moms put off our health personally. Talk a little bit about Christmas and what happened over winter break. I am recording this on January 6th. 6th. So, um, and as you can tell, I sound sick. I was sick over break, so I'll talk about that. And what's going on there. Um, and I may split this up and do like the New Year's resolution in a different podcast. Just because I think the Christmas stuff and healthcare stuff is probably going to take at least 30 minutes, if not longer. And honestly, the healthcare stuff will roll into New Year, New You, New Resolutions and everything. So I'm probably going to do that in another podcast. With that being said, where I left off with the last podcast is I had actually made a doctor's appointment to get a physical and take care of myself because my doctor... My insurance was no longer valid with my doctor um, that I'd been with for 30 years. So I had to switch doctors and I decided it'd be a good time to switch and, you know, maybe just check in. I very rarely go to the doctor and honestly, it's just been so hard to get into my previous doctor that even when I was sick and I would call, they would just tell me to go to a prompt care or an urgent care Um, For those of you that are in other countries listening to me, which there's a lot of you, it's like um, an emergency walk-in clinic. So just to go into a walk-in clinic and get taken care of because they couldn't get me in for several weeks. So honestly, as far as doctors go, my doctor was kind of useless. You could like schedule out physicals ahead of time and all of that stuff. But if there was an emergency or if there was an urgent need for me to go to the doctor, if I had woken up with a fever or something, that they would just send me to the prompt care clinic, which was fine. I have a prompt care clinic very close to my house. It wasn't really that inconvenient, except for prompt care clinics are first come, first serve, so you could spend a very long time waiting to get seen instead of having an appointment where you can just go and check in. So I ended up going to this new doctor. I absolutely love her. I felt heard and I haven't felt heard in a very long time. Again, I think I mentioned a little bit last time, my previous doctor was very not concerned with women's issues. He told me a lot of the things I was having were either psychosomatic all in my head or it was because I was overweight and didn't really listen to my concerns To the point that I ended up bringing more stuff up with my gynecologist and she ended up taking care of stuff versus him because he thought it was all in my head or I just needed to lose weight and I would be fine. This new doctor, she was very empathetic, very great. She listened to me. We walked through a couple things. We changed a couple medications. She ran some blood tests. The blood tests came back very quickly. I won't say I was surprised by the results. I was kind of mad at myself. And I think this is where a lot of people can relate to it. We don't realize how bad we feel. Um, When I went in there and I was talking to her, I was joking and she's like, are you anxious or anything? I'm like, well, we're in a pandemic and, you know, we're going on year three. So my anxiety levels have, you know, maybe have a new resting point, but 
I was talking about my pain and stuff and how my uh, arthritis has been in a flare probably since September. And I just kept, you know, thinking the flare would go away, the flare would go away, the flare would go away. The flare did not go away. And she's like, you know, this is December and you've been in a flare since September. And I'm like, I know, but a lot of the arthritis medicine really scares me. So I don't take any biologics. I don't take any um, preventative medications because I had such bad side effects with ones I had taken beforehand. So I've just been kind of limping through. So she put me on steroids to get me through my flare and I'm still on steroids as of today. And that really helped. The first day I took the steroids, I got so much done that day because I didn't realize how much I had pain and motion restriction I had been in because of the flare. I didn't comprehend it. And it's one of those things where you don't comprehend how bad you are until you're fine. The, but unfortunately, and this is going to play into us all being sick over Christmas break, steroids do restrict your immune system. So you're more likely to pick up colds and stuff while you're on steroids and maybe a little more difficult of a recovery. I'm not going to go into a lot of the details about my blood tests, but they weren't great. They prompted a call from my doctor. And, you know, if you get a personal call from your doctor, it's usually probably not amazing. I'm going back in the middle of this month to get more blood tests done to see if changing my medications around would help. We changed my thyroid medication and honestly, I stopped taking it. It made me really, really sick. Um, I was experiencing every side effect you could with that medication. I tried it for two weeks. I just couldn't do it. So I haven't been on it for over a week. And when I go in in the mid-month, we're going to test my levels and see maybe if I don't need to be on it. Because last time when I was pre-medication, so we did test my levels this past appointment, but that was medicated. So last time I was tested pre-medicine, I had just had my four-year-old. So I have not been tested without medication in my system since then. So we're going to see where, you know, if the, you know, having the birth and breastfeeding and everything, if that affected my thyroid levels and if they've maybe leveled off since then, since it's, I put so much time between then and now. So we'll see after three weeks with no thyroid medicine, what my thyroid levels are. I would like to be as little medicine as possible because um, because of my blood test results, I'm being referred to a rheumatologist and basically getting my ass kicked to go take care of my RA. It was, my levels were pretty crazy um, to the point that they were showing similar things to what somebody maybe with leukemia would have because my white blood cells were just eating everything. My platelets were shit. So um, I am being referred to a rheumatologist to actually, you know, take care of it and make myself feel better and not be as fatigued. But again, I'm very worried about the medications because a lot of them have lung cancer as a side effect. and I can't take them because my father passed away from lung cancer. So I have to weigh you know, do I want to feel better or, you know, and possibly risk getting cancer or do I, you know, stumble along and don't take that added risk? 
And that it weighs heavy on me thinking about that. So when I meet the rheumatologist for the first time, which I don't even know when that's going to be, I just turned in all my paperwork. So when I meet the rheumatologist, I'm going to have to discuss with him, you know, my fears and what's going on. But it's like, I knew I didn't feel great. I knew I didn't feel 100%, but I didn't realize how bad I felt. It's kind of like the, if I stop moving, I'll die. So if I had stopped and just thought about it, then maybe I'd realize how bad I felt. But, and I feel like maybe, I don't want to say an idiot, but I feel like a fool for letting myself get this sick without even thinking about it and just chugging along, doing what I needed to do. I knew I felt miserable. I knew I would, you know, I would periodically lose feeling in my hands, especially my pinkies and ring fingers would go completely numb. I was dropping things consistently to the point that I was afraid to carry things that were breakable and just really fatigued. But the, you just do what you have to do. And I think a lot of us do that. A lot of us as parents do that. A lot of us as adults do that. And a lot of us in America do that because our healthcare system is shit. You know, just to get the blood test done, to go see the doctor and everything is hundreds of dollars with insurance. You know, um, it costs us almost $600 a month for insurance for our family. And I'm still paying hundreds of dollars after insurance for doctor's appointments, for blood tests. Specialists are insane. Medication is crazy. You know, you know, having to drive to pharmacies to find the best deals on medication you know, um, I'm lucky most of my medications were covered to the point that they were under $20. But if I get put on new medications or experimental medications, you know, do I have to make the choice between food or medicine? And that's such a crazy thing to think about. Or people driving all over different pharmacies and trying different discount plans just to be able to afford medicine. Yeah, and again, I'm lucky that almost all of my medications were under $20 a piece. I'm also lucky that none of them were life, you know, life-sustaining. Yes, I'd be in pain. Yes, apparently my blood was eating my bone marrow, but I could still limp along without the medication. Where there's other individuals that can't, they have to have that medication. And if you can't afford it or if you have to choose between food and medication... It just, it astounds me to think about it. And I know that after I see the specialist, I know that they're going to want to prescribe medications and I'm trying to get down to as little amount of medications a day as possible. That's why I'm really hoping my thyroid tests come back good enough that I can just go off thyroid medication because the side effects were not, not fun, not fun at all. So I'm hoping to go back from that the so that all happened before Christmas my middle child turned nine before Christmas and she had her first birthday ever in school they're normally on Christmas break before her birthday so she was really really excited we were really scared that um, because of Omicron that's going around we were really really scared that they would go remote or just start break early but they haven't. So she was able to have her her 
birthday while she was in school. Her school does not allow parties, does not allow treats. They do a walk around the classroom for every year you're born. So they walk around the sun. So they, she got to walk nine times around her classroom. And then they came home for break. And that was the 22nd was their first day of break. We did all of the Christmas things you're supposed to do before Christmas right in time. We made Christmas cookies and ate ourselves sick on them, made gingerbread houses. Uh, my husband and I were actually able to shop and wrap everything before Christmas Day, which was amazing. Santa came. It all went off without a hitch. We were able to see my mom a couple days before Christmas and normally we see her on Christmas Eve, but we saw her on the 23rd. And I think this may be a permanent change for us because normally Christmas is so hectic and my kids, bless their hearts, they are quick to overstimulate. And seeing her on the 23rd, opening all of her presents, going to her house and doing all of that. And then Christmas Eve, Having that just at home and quiet and a bit of a break worked out really well. And then Christmas morning, they got to be overstimulated and have a bunch of fun. And then my mother and father-in-law came over and brought more presents. Like mid to late afternoon before supper time. So they were able to spread out the stimulation. I do think we overbought. Again, I say that every year. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to buy this much next year. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to buy this much next year. And I think maybe, fingers crossed, if we ever get out of this pandemic, it'll be easier not to overbuy because we can do it with experiences. We we got the kids hoverboards and electric scooters for Christmas and I honestly can say my husband and I are having more fun on the electric scooters than the kids are. They're a little intimidated by them. Um, the kid that's doing the best on the hoverboard, though, is my oldest. So my 12-year-old is doing the best on the hoverboard, and I did not expect that. He's he's taking to it quite well. The two girls, not great on the hoverboards at all, but they'll get there. They'll get there. The But... And here's the, here's where we all get sick. Um, so Omicron's running around rampant. I'm triple vaxxed. My husband's triple vaxxed. My nine-year-old has both vaccines at this point. My 12-year-old has one vaccine. And of course, my four-year-old is not vaccinated. Christmas morning, my four-year-old wakes up and her nose is a faucet. Just snot everywhere. It's not on her face, not everywhere. We tell our in-laws, you know, heads up, she has a runny nose. You know, it's been a couple days since she's been out of school. She could be exposed. The But since we're on break, we decided not to go test her. We're, we're treating it as if it is COVID. So she's hacking and coughing and she's sleeping with us because she's got so much snot. And, you know, when littles are sick, you want to keep an eye on them, especially if it's anything upper respiratory, you want to keep an eye on them. She had so much snot, she was puking it up. She was coughing, coughing till she would gag and just snot everywhere. And to the point that we were changing her bed multiple times. So eventually we just put her in our bed with us so I can keep an eye on her breathing and everything. And again, we're just going under the assumption that it is COVID. The, it could have been the flu. You know, we, we did not go get a PCR test. We didn't do any of that. 
because we were on break anyway. And by the time she went back to school, she would have done her 10 days or whatever, 14 days. She'd be way past it. So she wakes up snotty, horrible Christmas morning. The next day, so the 26th, has a fever of 102. She has a fever for five days, full of snot, fever, sleeping in bed with us. She rolls over, literally coughs in my face, like feel the spit hit my face, coughs my face. And I'm like, oh gosh, one, my immune system on a good day is crap. I'm taking steroids, which makes it even worse. And I'm just like, do I count the hours till I get sick? How long? Whatever. The next day I wake up, I'm full of snot. No fever though. The next day I have a fever. So from Christmas day all the way up until, you know, I still sound horrible, but I'm not coughing and I don't have any snot anymore, but I still sound really bad. But I don't go back to work till the 13th. Um, at-home tests were negative, but again, to get a PCR test, we would have had to wait several days out, and by then, we probably would have tested negative anyway. I checked this past Sunday, and the soonest I could get an appointment to get a PCR test would have been tomorrow, so that would have been five days, and I started my symptoms on the 27th, so My youngest started her symptoms on the 25th. I started on the 27th and the at-home test negative. So we're just going with it and we're going to assume that we had COVID, both her and I. The other two had no symptoms and my husband was a little sniffly, but he's also really seasonal allergies around this time. So it's like, I don't know if you had it, don't know if you didn't, but myself and my youngest both had a fever my fever was only one day. Her fever was five. And that's kind of why we're thinking that it may be more of COVID-y, less flu-y. Because with the flu, I think I would have been as sick, if not sicker than her. But with COVID, since I have triple vaxxed, I'm wondering if my vaccines protected me. And that's why I did not get as sick as she did. So, and I have a feeling over Christmas break, you know, A lot of people did what we did, and I don't know if it's irresponsible of us not to get the PCR test and to confirm it and be like, yes, we had definitive COVID in our house. Since we were home anyway and isolating and quarantining anyway, I don't know if that would have been an issue. We didn't need it for school or work to prove that we were positive, and that's why we were out. Um. So maybe it was irresponsible that we didn't take it, but I think a lot of people were probably like us and just decided we're home anyway. So we're not going to take it. It's not that going to make a difference. We're going to act as if we do have it. Just because even if it wasn't COVID, if it was the flu, nobody wants the flu. So um, I went and I delivered groceries to my mom yesterday and I wore a mask double masking everything not opening the door not talking to her and be like okay here's your stuff you know peace out see you later because again even if it isn't covid we don't want the flu either but majority of christmas break was spent sick and isolating and not going anywhere we didn't go anywhere we didn't do anything we canceled everything because again we were acting as if we were positive and keeping everybody safe and everybody at home 
but we never went and got an official test. Quite frankly, I don't want to try to test my four-year-old. I don't want to put a cotton swab up her nose. And it would have just been an issue and waiting for hours in a car for a test. Um, on the sites that didn't have appointments, one of my friends waited for four hours to get a test. And by the time they got to the front, all the tests were gone. So I just wasn't dealing with it. Not with her being sick, not with me being sick. My husband just went back to work today. We were able to keep everything closed and good to go. The And she is back to normal. And I just sound horrible. But she is back to normal. So that's good. But we didn't have any big New Year's celebrations because we were all sick. The And I will say if if what I had was COVID, was Omicron, it was, it was flu-like. It was a cold. It was runny, stuffy nose, coughing due to sinus drainage. Not, I, both myself and my youngest had very productive coughs, very phlegmy, coughing stuff up, never dry coughs, very, very productive coughs. Uh, again, she had a fever for five days and it bounced between, it never got over 102 and it bounced between like 100 and 102. And I only had a fever for one day and I got around like 101. So not, not high, high fevers, but enough to make you feel yucky. The, and we were the only ones that got fevers. Treated, I treated mine with normal cold medicine. I only gave my youngest fever reducer at night to go to bed. Otherwise I let the fever run its course during the day. I just kept a good eye on it, kept tracking it. I cannot recommend one of those thermometer guns more like the one we got you just have to get within a like an inch of their skin and just pull the trigger and it tells you the temperature like a meat thermometer so I really appreciated that because I could check her temperature while she was sleeping I didn't have to wake her up I didn't have to touch her in any way shape or form I felt like a ninja in the night taking her temperature but of course you know when your little ones are sick you're up all the time I was setting my alarm to get up every couple hours to check on her, especially in the beginning when she was very phlegmy and her fever was running high. But the overall wasn't horrible as far as being sick. I equate this to what I normally get every year from my kids, like pre-pandemic. I always get sick at the beginning of September or in December from my kids. Somebody brings something home to me. It wasn't as bad as like bronchitis or anything. It was very flu-like to me with how phlegmy it was and having a fever very tired um my youngest was even with her fever doing normal stuff like it really didn't impede her much uh I kind of hope it was COVID just so I know that she's got maybe a little immunity as they went back to school but the we're, we never officially tested, so I'm just going to assume we had it. And we did treat grandparents like we had it. They still haven't seen the kids yet. Last time they saw them was Christmas Day because we were so sick. Another thing that's not helping, though, is the weather. The weather, you know, we got up to like 70 degrees one day, and now today it's negative 5. So we're bouncing around. Is it hot? Is it cold? All of that. So yay for being sick. Um Otherwise, pretty good. I think we're coming on the other side of it. I'm hoping 
Omicron burns itself out. I was very surprised that the kids went back to school. I thought they'd go virtual, go remote for a while, but they didn't. So that was very, very nice. Um, the, I guess I can go ahead and talk about like New Year's resolutions and stuff. Normally, we don't set New Year's resolutions because they epically fail all the time. So I didn't set a New Year's resolution, so to speak, but we set like, we usually use a word and our word this year is like reset or restart or uh, re-upload. Basically, now I go through a ritual every year, right around the beginning of the year, I watch episodes of Hoarders to make myself feel better about myself. Um, some people watch how to organize videos and Maria Kondo and stuff like that. No, I watch Hoarders. So I was doing my my usual run through of Hoarders and stuff. And my goal is not to get more organized or anything like that. But my goal is to use what I have. Like the day after Christmas, Bath and Body Works has a 75% off sale. And I always love going and getting lotions and stuff. I have so many lotions in my closet. So I didn't go this year. I'm going to use what I have. And I'm also going to give myself permission to use things. So those of us that have grown up poor may have, may also experience this where it's, I, that's special. I'm going to wait till a special occasion to use that. I have pads of paper that didn't cost that much money, but I'm like, those are special, so they're really good quality paper. I'm going to wait to use that for something special. I can't just write a to-do list on that because that's special paper. So I'm going to give myself permission to use the special paper, to use the special things. You know, that's the good face wash. I'm not going to use that every day. Or, you know, that, that lotion is the expensive lotion, so I can't use that every day. So I'm wasting things because I'm saving them because I think they're good and I need to save them for special things. So this year I'm giving myself permission to use up all the stuff. I can always get more later. So I am using up all the stuff and I'm getting more later. And that, I mean, it goes for me. It goes for the kids too. The kids have so many toys and I think we're going to have a use it or lose it scenario pretty soon. I threatened my 12-year-old that I was going to take a garbage bag to his room if he didn't clean it. And he kind of laughed at me. So one of these days when he's at school, I may have to take a garbage bag to his room. There's just so much stuff. We have so much stuff. If we don't use it, we lose it. We have so many kids' books. A lot of the stuff, though, thankfully, as my youngest age is out, we're able to get some of the bigger things out of the house, which is nice. Where before we made, you know, we were like, oh the youngest can use it. Oh, you know, so-and-so can use it. So hopefully, you know, that's a lot. I want to give myself permission to get rid of things, even though they're nice. If nobody's going to use them, we need to get rid of them. We need to organize, need to figure out what's going on. I basically need to give myself permission to get rid of it, to throw it away. And, you know, maybe I throw away stuff that I might've donated, but right now it needs out of my house. Most every place around here is not accepting donations. And if I'm like, well, I'll just put this in a pile to donate. But then it's just in a pile to donate. So we will see. We'll hopefully get 
through all of that and get it out of the way, get it out of my house. Even if something's expensive, if I'm not going to list it on eBay to sell it, or if I don't know how to ship it, or if it's too fragile or something, get rid of it. Uh, I have a encyclopedia library that I'm just dreading listing on eBay because it's like 70 pounds to ship. So you'll have to ship in several boxes. I could get like $300 for it. But if I'm dreading it and it's just taking up room, I can't think of what I can get for it, but what I spent for it. So like I could get $300 for this, but I spent four. So I'm not losing the 300. I'm losing the four. So I'm trying to change my mindset there. I'm trying to change that, but this is potentially what it's worth. Well, it's not worth that if you're not listing it or if you're not listing it because you don't want to ship it, you're dreading shipping it. So I I need to give myself permission to get rid of stuff like that and not think about the potential profit, but think about, you know, maybe my mental health, think about, you know, what room I'm making for new things or room I'm making for things we have already that maybe don't have a place that I'm just throwing around there. The And rearranging things that work for me, even maybe they may not be aesthetically pleasing, but if they work for me and my uses, then being okay with that. Not being okay with not being Pinterest worthy, being okay with functional and not beautiful. So I'm trying to like give myself permission for that. And we'll see, but no big sweeping changes this year. Just use up what we have and try to get stuff out of my house. Less stuff in, more stuff out. I will say we were looking forward to doing more like family trips and stuff this year, but honestly with Omicron and everything, the future is very shaky on that. So I don't want to make any plans for that. We do have our one big vacation planned for the summer, but honestly, COVID could be absolutely rampaging and we could still do that and be safe. So I think anything, any activities we have planned this year are going to be things that we can do and still be safe while doing them. I will say my one splurge this Christmas for myself was I got a Switch OLED. I searched everywhere and was able to get my hands on one. And I've been playing that a lot to relax. I play a lot of um, story of the seasons games. So like farming games and stuff, not like action packed games or anything, but like life simulators. And that has been nice to help me calm down, to help me relax. And I play that before bed instead of being on my phone. And then I'm finding that I'm going to sleep a little easier. So that's nice. So that's it for the first podcast of 2022. And I hope to see you guys again this year and I hope maybe you have to change the name of the podcast or maybe it won't be pandemic parenting anymore just parenting sucks but hopefully fingers crossed that we're on the tail end of this